This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Because some of us, we never quite get out because we're looking for that validation still in these institutions, many of which are tax funded, many of which are posing as egalitarian industries. Hello, everyone. I'm Emmeline Mondo, and this is Mondo Moments. Life is made up of millions of tiny moments. I believe that one of our tasks as humans is to be present for as many of them as possible. Well, this episode was one of them. If you have been with me from the beginning, you're probably thinking things are sounding a little different. Well, this is another episode with a twist. It's a bonus episode that will feature wisdom and reflections from Shingi Shonua. Some of you will remember Mondo Moments began with an episode called Upcycle and Recycle Your Pain. If you haven't listened to it yet, I really recommend you go and check it out. I love making it and you'll get to know that Shingi's heart is explosive. So I spoke to Shingi when she was in Grenada. She was immersing in Reiki and music and deep healing. She opened her heart with a generosity and truth that she is known for. I spent most of the conversation in awe listening in and allowing the wisdom and teachings and experience to flow. And that's what I wanted to share with you. Shingi in beautiful flow state. Be prepared. She goes deep. And deep is the only way to go with a voice and a story like this. Enjoy. You know, we don't have to say any names because obviously I'm just trying to highlight some of the connections that affect me as well in my songwriting processes. So let's mm. say before, 20, before 2016, when, as I said, I could feel this fork in the road happening. I could feel that, you know, more and more of us were expanding into a sense of compassion, into a set, you know, you could feel it happening in the music. You could feel more honesty coming into, you know, into UK hip hop, grime, like you could mm. feel you know the 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 poetry was amazing so you know some of the pain that I've been through and that I've been carrying that has manifested it in dis-ease you know Mm. manifested itself in painful Mm. content I think you know it comes from a spectrum of places you know and it comes from a spectrum of different traumas you know people talk about micro aggressions they still all add up you know there's still a lot of things that Noisette's fans will never know and even some of our you know even even some of the sub people that worked and made a lot of money working with the Noisettes and and you know offering us their their their, their talents at whatever rates were the were the going industry standard rates like there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that they will never know that I had to experience there's a lot yeah. of a lot that I had to wear, you know, like it couldn't just be like it, if I was going to turn down a gig, for example, because I was mm-hmm. in pain 
or if I was going to turn down a gig because it meant we'd have an opportunity for the noisettes in Africa and I was getting a little bit more, you know, uncomfortable with the fact that we were being so intentionally marketed to a mm. white class audience, you know. Yeah. I sort of, you know, 2010, 2011, you know, we we were already two albums in and that 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 just didn't feel that didn't feel right to me in my spirit yeah. as a female yeah. woman. Like, you know, you're getting off stage and, you know, it's great to sign things, but do you really always, you know, just, just maybe like, you know, imagine it's like you're a black female, you're touring the world, you're one of the biggest bands in the world, but you're not even seeing your own people be marketed to enjoy this journey, to, to support yeah. you to look after you on this journey right and so you know for example like and you know there were some awful um awfully you know kind of interesting unravelments that you know we we, we had to I had to do a lot of housekeeping in terms of you know how we kind of you know close this chapter of the noisettes and then make way mm. for a cleaner chapter you know it, it meant that basically mm. you know, I, I I had some help from my very small team to go mm. through all the accounts see what everybody was being paid and then just mm. go do you know what this is what everybody got, but I'm not going to be the only person that is vilified because I missed a gig that we could have made 30 grand for because I knew that if I did, didn't did do that gig and went to Africa, we could secure more opportunities. And then you have to sort of say things like, well, you know, I'm glad that we didn't do that gig, you know, personally in the band because that led to us getting a show at Lake of Stars in 2011. Mm festival in Africa which was an incredible incredible festival that attracts lots of people it attracts Africans and you know um middle class um white people from around the world who love music and love to spend time in Africa which is beautiful and then if we hadn't done the Lake of Stars gig that led to us getting you know the, the the opening um Olympic ceremony festival called River of Music that was held to open the Olympic Games in 2012 that also led to us getting you know, bring, bring, bringing a couple of Malawian teenage musicians who were females who both made their own guitars from scratch to come and join us on stage for an Olympic, you know, opening show. So, you know, at that time, the things that we have to kind of go put through our minds as, you know, the black girl band is, okay, who's our audience? And is this audience sustainable for the band? Like maybe that same audience that has been marketed to in, you know, in, in quite a bombarding kind of way. I mean, we, you know, we were very, very positioned. And also I worked my ass, you know, literally worked my, you know, worked, worked on stage. Right. And so, so I, say to myself is this is this going to be a sustainable audience because maybe this is the kind of audience that actually you know in three years time when they don't when, when you know as you carry on growing let's say shingi case in point example maybe it's time for them to roll the the pie chart of, of dreams and and do the quota one in one out it's clear and it's a one in one out system for black women um in the international western pop space hold too dark this is another way that I think we don't realize how you know marketing kind of affects the kind of beauty you know that we probably just we definitely deserve to see now when you think about positioning people don't really like to it's uncomfortable it's an uncomfortable truth perhaps to admit that you know there may be agendas I feel it's a new era now where we are realizing the power of us coming together and being a force to be recognized because you know if we can change bills and things like that in parliament you know that's just that's 
just nothing. That's just the beginning. So yeah, the lowness that I'm talking in that lyric is definitely referring to, I just think a culmination of, of different, different traumatic, traumatic experiences. But yeah, there were a lot of microaggressions that came up around that time when I was going to do the solo, um, well, so-called solo. The, the funny thing is it's not even really solo because Dan was actually um, a big part of, of, of Ancient Futures and very supportive of it. So so, so, so I think, yeah, that the, the, the pain that we've often felt was invisible. It's always been visible, but we just recycled it into something beautiful, like dance theater film and now I just feel like yeah it's it's an amazing time for um people to just be brave and you know artists can't be brave alone like music fans have to be brave too I think I was saying uh to Zeba Blay last week in the Huffington Post who's amazing she's got a book coming out in October I was saying to her you know (laughs) brave sounds require brave ears you know everybody do their bit like and you know we we have to be you know arguably you know open to like let let let's you know let's let let's put some of these feelings and real experiences into the spectrum of our songwriting the spectrum of our filmmaking you know um but that's just how i feel i mean obviously every every artist has to write about what feels authentic to them at the time in terms of their experience but it was definitely not time for like a he loves me he loves me not picking the sunflowers type of record. Like, you know, we've, you, I was not going to write a song about the club because A, the club is closed. And B, I was done, you know, I was done singing about singing in the club and twerking in the club for peanuts anyway. I was done. Like, I was talking about the whole spectrum of things. So, you know, everybody is where they're at, right? But um, now for me, it's it, this is the moment. If you're If you have any reservations or you're feeling like, scared to explore different types of artists that have like you know you know just like outside of your comfort zone now's the time to be brave family now's the time to embrace the you know some of the things that not all all types of music or films or mainstream channels are going to tell you now is the time to embrace things that may lead you in terms of you know what we what we nourish ourselves with content hello darlings it's just me Told you she was magic, magnificent, full-hearted and brilliant, didn't I? I'm just jumping in to tell you I went on to ask Shingi about what her favourite track was on her album Too Bold. I also went on to ask her about what the world might look and feel like for a free black African diaspora around the globe. Oh my God, that's a good question. So I really loved making the interludes, actually. I think with, with, with the other songs, you know, as I said, I was making it during lockdown. I was recording during lockdown. So there was just a lot of pressure and there was a lot of, you know, kind of, because there was such uncertainty around the time that I was recording. And also I was doing a lot of these vocals, some of these vocals I was doing from home, like at the, at my mum's house, you know, where we, you know, me and my siblings, we haven't lived together since we were teenagers, right? So that obviously brought a lot of, you know, unresolved, um, you know, I'm sure all families had this. I mean, people, people divorced and found out who each other really were or people fell in love as a result of reminding each other of who they could be, right, during, during the lockdown. And, and that extends today because, we're, because the Western world is still in lockdown, right? So, um, so I just feel like, for me, I really enjoyed the interludes because 
um, it was just the way that I was able to almost kind of like bridge and, you know, it was like making a, it was like making an artwork. And these were kind of like, they were like the glue that kind of held the sort of, because, you know, in terms of the, um, the versatility on the album, it's quite strong in terms of it being, but you know, the styles. Um, and so I kind of like, I really wanted to do the, the the interludes just to set the scene for like maybe when the tempo is going to change on the album. When and, and I also wanted to use interludes from live shows. So the interlude from uh, What If I Told You That I Get Low? Uh, there might be a shingy that you don't know. What If I Told You That I've Been Told? I'm too dark, I'm too dark, too dark, I'm too bold. What if I told you that I get low? Yeah. See, that shit was making my blood run cold. I got an nimbus to die for. Mama says she what you crying for. She's too bad, too smart, too dark, too smart, too bold. So gig. Oh, thank you. That's taken from um from uh, a, a show that I did at the Jazz Cafe um for to promote ancient futures. So I did that jazz cafe in 2019 I think it was November 2019 and it was such an amazing um successful show that we um we ended up extending some of the songs and there was a baseline of a song called Zimtron that's on um that's on the EP and um the band started playing that baseline and I think I just basically improvised that rap that song rap kind of segment came out of that so I really wanted the interludes on Too Bold to still remind people that look you're not listening to me just now you're listening to a journey you're not only just listening to me you're listening to the voices that came before me you're listening to voices that sometimes you know I channel without realizing because this musical heritage and this musical lineage is so strong and that is another great piece that is coming out at the moment with a lot of um, black female musicians and black, you know, musicians of color are being, you know, where we have been written out of the, of, 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 of the story of like, you know, pop music or whatever you want to call it, popular music in the last, you know, 70 years or whatever, where we've been written out, honey, we're just writing ourselves back in. And it's, it's not that easy. It's not that hard to write yourself back in because at the end of the day, first of all, it's not your book. And we didn't even necessarily need to have, you know, a book that's written by this one person. Not one person can write a book to encapsulate the energy that's gone into and and, and the people who've created and contributed so incredibly to to pop music. And when you think about pop music, the majority of styles that really make pop music what it is come from Africa. You know, you don't get house and garage. You don't get, you know, you don't get like jazz. You don't get soul. You don't get R&B. You don't get hip hop. You don't get grime. You don't get... You don't get much, you know, there's elements of classical music that come from Africa as well. So really it's, you could arguably say it's the story of African music, essentially. Well, I mean, I would say, so there's an amazing book called um, A Way of Being Free, actually, because you you talked about a way of being. That is a really lovely sentence I picked up on. Um, But that's... Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a book by Ben Okri, which like really spoke to me a lot when I was um when I was actually probably about s- sort of sixteen. I was starting to play in bands with Dan. I think I was in a crazy cosmic band called 
uh, solar flight at that point. Um, but yeah, so a way of being free. Freedom is our birthright. And when you talk about how do, how do I as a visionary envisage from my heart space us living as black people, I can't really answer that question because how black people live affects everyone. It's how do I envisage a way that we all live. Now, without black cultural influences that obviously have create um, the pop music, which I was talking about earlier, like, you know, the world's most of the minerals, <laughs> you know, there is so much that we are, that the West is still taking from, from the great mother, motherland, which is the mother of the Pangaea that was before, for people that don't really know, know that much about the Pangaea, but when all the continents were connected, this is where life first began. And so at the start of our conversation, I was saying, you know, I've got voices in me. I've got people behind me that I have to honour, like whether I like it or not. Because if you don't honour your ancestors, my personal belief is you're not really honouring yourself. You might as well shoot yourself in the foot because if you're not honouring your blood, if you're not, you know, honouring your your bloodline, it's not even so much about the bloodline. It's about the energy of, I think a lot, it's about honouring the fact that for you to exist, other people looked after themselves. They ate, you know, certain kind of foods that knew that they knew would make them strong and healthy so that they could have future descendants. Those future descendants are us. They looked after themselves as best as they could. They make mis made mistakes like the rest of us as well, but they looked after themselves. They honored their ancestors before them. And they also fought, physically put themselves on the front lines so that their descendants could be free. Freedom is our birthright. It's like non-negotiable as far as I'm concerned. And I feel like, you know, arguably what you're gonna what you're gonna see now is a lot of visionaries may may become a little bit harder to find. Like you might just have to do your research, you might just have to lock off the usual channels that you you know go to for your for your for your music fix or the people that tell you which black girl to be into now. Look at all those publications and they're gonna tell you this is the, uh, no, 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 don't listen to that black girl anymore. She, we're not, we're not um, investing in her anymore. And first of all, it was never an investment because it was just a loan. It was a repayable loan like you would get from a bank. The only difference between the record contract company, you know, when the record company gives you a million, yeah, you, you, um, you, sorry, when the bank gives you a million, you might buy a car. You own that car. Okay, when the record company lends you a million to go into the studio to do all the promotion, you know, everything you've got to do, you don't even own the music. You don't own anything you created. I call it I call it the conveyor belt of broken dreams. And luckily for us, that game is over now. Like, you know, it's 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 all falling down now. And if it's not falling down, it's 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 really honestly having to look at itself and its models and look at itself in the mirror and confront and completely change, you know, and it has to completely change from the inside. As I said in Too Bold, it was built on rocky ground, like the West was built on rocky ground. It's built on blood, sweat and tears. So what I would say to everybody going forward is the reason why I think I'm a bit more connected to the ancestral piece is I'd like the fans out there you know, um, or the, you know, people who are considering being, you know, Shingi and, you know, fans of the Mondo Mo Moments, incredible podcast. For those who are considering to be fans, I would 
I would say, I'm not justifying this, but I would say the reason why the ancestral piece is so strong for me is because like, um, and it's non-negotiable in terms of honor and respecting that piece is because not many people know that, you know, the, 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 the bloody war for, you know, Rhodesia to be emancipated, to come, you know, to, to, to become Zimbabwe, um, it, it, you know, it happened like less than 40 years ago. Sorry, just go you one step further. Like my mum was a teenager. Like if she didn't brave up and woman up, I wouldn't be here. Like my dad never recovered from that war. And so sadly, and this might be a lot for people who are uncomfortable with hearing maybe where my pain and my talent and my joy and my magic comes from. But I saw my father pass away when I was nine. I've never said that in public before. This is the first time, but my spirit told me it's a safe place because I'm with Sister Emily, right? But I was there. So what everything that I'm singing about in Ghost Town, um, AKA Battle Scars, which is on two Real. The thing is real, sisters and brothers. Like I'm not even like on some like bandwagoning. Yes, yeah, all about the ancestors. No, no. My ancestor, my father, my most direct ancestor, was killed as a result of post-colonialism and as a result of what the West is arguably built its wealth on. It's non-negotiable. And you know what? So thank you. All the people said no, because maybe that energy was too much for them to handle. I mean, I've had friends actually um, say to me who I still dearly love, but friends who have turned around to me during the pandemic when everybody was talking about, you know, the whole kind of um, everybody was sharing a lot of disturbing images of, you know, black men and women and children being lynched, you know. And that's the African American piece after the tragic death of George, a murder of George, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and others. There were so many groups, right? And so much public information sharing pictures, you know, people talking about Emmett Till again, people talking about Scottsboro Boys again, Claudia Jones, all of these amazing, incredible stories. But what I did was I dared to share in my friendship group a picture of, um, of, um, of, uh, a guy, so so basically, under the under the all people like Cess, not a lot of people know about what went down with um, with Rhodes, which is what the Rhodes Scholarship is built on. But um, basically, um, you know, Cecil John Rhodes, who named the country Rhodesia after himself, and um, and people like Powell, who's who's you know, trad- unfortunately, his statue was. You know, his his plaque was urinated during on during the counter protests to protect you know statues like Hitler. So in that counter protest that have counter demonstrations um, that were done by I think it was like some sort of white supremacy um, you know attempting movement. But yeah, they actually urinated on I think his name is Powell. Um, but yeah, so 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 when I think about ancestors, it's a very close piece for me it's not sensitive piece it emboldens me it makes me feel like it's more important for me to make sure I'm just honest I'm showing up I'm being present and leading from the heart in my music and so I sent him in 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 a friend's whatsapp group I sent um a picture of you know some of these an example of some of these massacres there was also you know um a, a genocide 
um, we, a lot of people know about the Rwandan genocide and, and, and other genocides in Africa, but not many people know about the Southern African um, genocide, which was over, a, albeit a longer period of time. But, you know, Northern Rhodesia and Southern Rhodesia, that's probably about 11 countries today. I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about Nyasaland, which is now called Malawi. We're talking about, you know, um, we're talking about Botswana, we're talking about Zimbabwe, we're talking about Namibia, we're talking about Lesotho, we're talking about Swaziland, we're talking about Mozambique, we're talking about Angola, we're talking about a lot of countries and, you know, the British and the, the, the Dutch and the German and, you know, the Germans and the Flemish Belgians, sorry, were, were you know, were, were, were committing their atrocities. And so, you know, my great grandfather, my father's grandfather um, was a very, very fa- um, um, famed chief who stood to this massacre that was happening in the name of land, pillage, and the usual things that they were doing it for. And so he stood up to them, and he was actually rounded up and hanged, um, along with other visionary revolutionaries, such as Ambuya Nehanda, who was seen as one of the founding mothers of, of, you know, of Zimbabwean freedom, um, Chimorenga movement since. So the reason why I had to give that context was because when I put that story in the same WhatsApp group, which had been discussing about atrocities against African-Americans, some people in my friendship group took offense. And they were like, oh, this is a bit too much. Maybe this isn't the right, you know, the right group to share this in Xing. Maybe you should share this in another group. And I had to kind of like defend myself a little bit on the group and justify. And I just said, look, I just wanted to ask any of, any of us on this group if you've experienced, you know, um, any kind of, um, if you've had any kind of post colonial war experiences and like how you manage that because during living with my mum whilst whilst also unpacking other you know more minor family stuff this is something that my mum had the bravery to talk about for the first time you know in 30 something years I've never you know we've never heard her be brave enough to speak about it but there was something about the you know the what was going on with the Black Lives Matter, that she felt she had the confidence to tell us her children. And so I found this, um, I got sent a photograph of um, of this chief, whose name I won't say, just because just I just feel like that's the name I want to throw into this mix. But if you do your research, and if you ask me on a personal level, or if you DM me, I'm happy to talk to you more about it. But this famous chief, who is my great-grandfather, great, yeah, my great-grandfather, stood up to them. He was not only hung by the British um, and this Powell guy who actually has a plaque in a blue plaque in Crystal Palace Park, but the blue plaque is supposed to be, you know, commemorating him letting girls join the, join the Girl Scouts because for ages it's called the Boy Scouts. And there was a whole nother patriotic, you know, sexism piece going on there with those guys. So, um, yeah, so basically, I mean, essentially, it's nothing basic about it. Excuse my, my, my choice of words. I just know we don't have much time. But essentially, yeah, my mum told me, a few things that she'd experienced, not just during the war. I also, you know, found out, you know, for the first time when I, just before I was, just before I'd written Too Bold, actually, I had to go and get my, um, retrieve my father's death certificate. And because I was the person that saw it happen, it's, it took me that long. Like, I didn't have the, the courage to do it until 2020. You know, so all of these things, they don't know or they think they don't know that we're not going through them, but they know because it's in the music and back to the music. So yeah, maybe me and you can have a conversation offline about how I managed that situation with my friends. But in the end, some of the some of my friends on the WhatsApp group came back and were like, hey, you know, um, my mum experienced this trauma from the Biafra War. Another one came forward. Hey, my, you know, my... Um, 
my mum experienced this trauma during the Eritrean Ethiopian war and the this is what we did to cope and I'm so I'm so proud of her and you know you know I'm so proud of mum for being so strong like one of our friends mum had to walk to to Saudi Arabia from Eritrea to you know escape at some point and you know and then another friend I think came forward and said that that he's in his family there was a piece a traumatic piece about the an, a, 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 a tribe in Algeria and what was happening with the French colonial piece. And I just felt like rather than us always using this group to discuss the, the traumatic piece with the African-Americans, we actually have these pieces in our, in our lives of our best friends. Why can't we talk to them? And then I just realized how fragile even some black people are about facing the reality of post-colonial traumatic syndrome in, in England, you know? And the Caribbean community together, like... Yeah, so I would close and just say, you know, um, you know, for those that are, if, 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 if after everything I've just said in the last four minutes, if you're still considering, you know, looking into, you know, looking into my work and experience and enjoying my work, then as a musician, as a lyricist, as, as an artist, as a poet, I highly recommend going back to those Noisettes albums, decoding every one of them. I'm going to do a decode for the Too Bold album, which is going to come out, um, um, it's going to be a book and that's going to come out in at the end of the year probably around the same time that Too Bold would have come out so it's probably going to come out mid end of October and it's called The Decode because what I found is that even though there may be references that some people understand you you understand a lot of the the poetic references you know because a lot of I think a lot of black people we speak figuratively you know that's 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 why people love hip-hop because we we know how to how to use almost um we, we almost have a proverbial kind of colloquial aspect because a lot of our languages were taken away from us right because of the post-slavery post-colonial peace so ways of reclaiming language the English language and therefore arguably making it more exciting interesting you know kind of um fluorescent you know um flamboyant one of the ways that we reclaim it is through lyrics it's through hip-hop I was also going to say that um to um to celebrate um international um women's week yeah well I mean I mean, you know, considering that we birth humanity, I hardly think that a day or a week is enough. But, you know, it's still one day at a time in it, babes. So, um, you know, around the houses and all that. So, yeah, to celebrate that, um, I'm going to be releasing the Diamond remix, remix of the song called Too Bold. It's called the Diamond Remix because that's one of the, one of the lyrics in the song Too Bold is... Um, like a diamond or a pearl, I'm forged under pressure, but it's crushing on, crushing on me. Yeah. So it's named after a lyric in the song Too Bold, and it features no less than about 15. There are 15 incredible um, female musicians from different genres, instrumentalists, drummers, guitarists from different bands, DJs producers there's about 15 women that are not only on the remix itself but that are in the video so I've got an amazing video coming out that week it's directed by um, an incredible powerhouse director she's Ghanaian um, English her name is Shortley she's incredible Um, you're gonna be hearing a lot from her um, going forward if you don't know her already please support her work but yeah so essentially um, the week of international uh, 
Women's Week, um, the Two Bold Diamond remix and the video um, con- um, conceptualized by um, yours truly and directed and realized by Sheila Nortley. So I'm really excited to share that, you know, and so what but we're going to be asking women and girls all over the world to post a picture of themselves as a girl, you know, as like, like basically, you know, you know, the other day I was asking you for a picture, you know, the world should be your oyster and you're never, you know, you're never, you, you're never too bold to dream. Right. So when you sometimes confront people with the, with that innocent moment of themselves in childhood, would you tell that child they were, they were too bold to dream? Are you going to tell that child that they're too smart? Are you going to tell that little girl that she's too dark? Are you going to tell yeah. the person that they're too bold? What if I told you that I get low? Yeah. See, that shit was making my blood run cold. I got an embossed to die for. Mama says she what you crying for. She's too too smart, too smart, too bold. Wishing everybody like wellness in these times. Wishing that you guys are all nourished. And um, thank you so much for supporting this incredible um, podcast and everything that Emily Mondo does. And thank you from me. If you're enjoying this podcast, please remember to like, subscribe and share. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.